Welcome back to another episode of the Pop Culture Council, the podcast where we talk about books, games, TV shows, movies, theatre, and everything in between. I'm your host, Tyler, and as always, joined by my two co-hosts. Are you our host today? Ooh. I'm, look at me, I'm the host now. <laughs> from, um, what's it called? What's that uh, film called? Captain um, Phillips. Captain Phillips. I'm the captain now. I'm that, the captain now. That film made me cry when I was a child. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty intense. It is an intense film. Especially at the end where he's like proper shaken and like the US Army have come and got him. Yeah, it, yeah, it's not nice. What are your names? <laughs> Let's crack on. <laughs> well, as a, as the host, I'm Jordan. Hello, host. Hello. I'm your co-host. Uh, <laughs> my name is Jabu. This is what happens when I relinquish control. <laughs> I'm happy to be here today. I'm, I'm happy to uh, have you both here with me. What's your name? Oh, no, he already introduced himself, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Go he on. called himself the host when he was introduced. Ooh, liar. I'm the host. The boy's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like an orphan now. <laughs> Wait, why an orphan? Three little orphans. One, two, three. You know that? <laughs> no, I don't know this song. Without a home this or a is, family it's, tree. It's an obscure reference to Bojack Horseman. Uh, three little orphans, one, two, three. Is Bojack Horseman worth watching? Bojack Horseman 100%. is one of the best animated TV shows really? of, of our time, in my opinion. It's so, so, so good. Really? Yeah. It's just... Really? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, very good. It's like a comedy addressing like serious issues of adulthood and loneliness and depression and alcoholism and like oh wow is it really funny it's, but it's funny and he's such an asshole bojack himself but you love him but yeah it, it's great all, very, all like, the characters are very laughing well hard written. like i think it's just more like blow out of your nose there are some funny bits it's very entertaining i'll have to give it a watch then. yeah definitely for those who haven't watched it watch it Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. What are we doing today? Today post? we're doing, uh, what, are we, what, what are we calling it? You're explaining to me. I've never watched it before. So it's like a plot explanation for Back to the Future, a cult classic, one that, a film that I don't really like. Ooh. Unpopular opinion, but it's very, very popular. It won awards, it won an Oscar for sound effects, I think, back in 1986. It was released in 1985 and it was nominated for Best Original Screenplay, which I highly disagree with. <laughs> Best sound, just overall sound, and best original song, which was The Power of Love by Huey Lewis and the News. Good song. I'm very glad we've got Tyler here today because he'll counteract your scathing remarks about this. Because I've, I've never watched it, so I'm, this, is, this is me taking it in for the first um, time. I agree, I've spoken to Jordan about the movie before and I agree with a lot of what he has to say. Oh, so, damn but it. That's not to say I don't enjoy the film and it's a fun joyride, but because this guy's a stickler for like continuity and making actual sense and yeah. all of that i think this was one that i mean yeah jordan's gonna explain but i'm not gonna go into too much detail i'm gonna try and keep it as high level as possible so we're not here for like five hours <laughs> cool. all right go on let's start anyway, start me off start okay. me off so the only thing i know is there's some guy called marty mcfly and... marty mcfly it's 1985 okay there's a teenager called marty mcfly mm -hmm. right he lives with his family he's got an alcoholic mother called lorraine He's got a dad called George who's really weak, timid kind of character. He gets pushed around by his high school bully who he works for. Biff. Biff Tannen. He's like a stereotypical, like, I'm a loser kind of thing. Okay. Do you know what I George, mean? George, yeah. I've been bullied in high school. I'm still getting bullied by the same guy. And I even have a family and a son now. All of that. I work for the guy who used to bully me. Okay. It's just like he's having a terrible down, life. Down and out. 
He has three kids, one of which is Marty. Okay. He has two older siblings who just are terrible. They don't have any like <laughs> prospects. They're okay. not very academically successful. Like the whole family's just a mess. Okay. Even Marty's a bit of a mess. Like he's in this band called the Pinheads and they audition for Battle of the Bands at their school and they immediately get shut down for being too loud. The principal's like, this sucks. You're and isn't loud. it like when he's at school, his principal's like, he was the same principal that when his dad was at school and he was like, you're a loser, McFly. Just like your dad. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 definitely. You suck. So like the whole family is just like down in the dumps. So the picture we painted at the beginning is very much of like uh, everyone in this family is just not but really Marty's doing like, that well. He's got like his girlfriend, right? He's and got he's a girlfriend like, called Jennifer. He's kind of, he's like a cool guy. But... Okay, so he's got, he's the only one with kind of a little bit riding for him. But yeah, everything else he, he's is good just... at the, He's a great guitarist. He's really okay. good in his band. He can kind of sing. He's got these ambitions of like fame and fortune, but it's just after getting rejected from the Battle of the Bands, he's just oh, like down in the dumps. He's, okay, that really. He's okay. he's really worried about like ending up like his parents and his his siblings and just having no prospects. And he goes to his girlfriend, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm just really worried about all this stuff." Jennifer, I can't remember her surname. And around that time, after the Battle of the Bands, he's approached by this woman who hands him a flyer and says, help us with our campaign to fix the clock tower, which has been broken for 30 years after it was struck by lightning. I mentioned this because it's an important point. <laughs> okay, Keep I will remember. <laughs> oh, this is like stories with Jordan. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> go on, all right, go on, go on, go on. So Marty is friends with this eccentric scientist who's kind of like the iconic figure for Back to the Future. Oh, with the big steamy hair. Crazy hair. Yeah. Like His name's Doc Brown. Or Emmett Brown, Dr. Emmett Brown, but Marty calls him Doc. And then one time in the middle of the night, Doc calls Marty, like, come and meet me in the Morb car park at 1.15 a.m. The Morb? The Mall. <laughs> come meet us at the Morb car I was going to say the Mall parking lot, but then I realized this is an American podcast. Parking lot. The, po the mall. He calls Marty. Well, the like, Twin Pines Mall. Or it's called the Twin Pines Mall. I thought you said you don't remember the film. I do, I do. <laughs> A little bit. It's like comes back to me when he's explaining it. And you know, um, it's a bit tangential, but Rick and Morty is based on Back to the Future. Uh, this like is making meant to be. more Rick sense is, uh, now. Yeah. That and Marty is Morty. Ah, interesting. Loosely, like, taking inspiration. Fun fact. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. Um, so he calls him and asks him to come to the mall car park because he wants to show him, like, a breakthrough in his research. And so Marty sneaks out in the middle of the night he skateboards all the way to the mall and meets Doc there, where he's standing next to this car, the DeLorean, the famous... How did they become the friends, sorry? Doc and Marty? I actually don't remember. I think they're just kind of... They're just cool. Yeah. He's just some guy in the neighborhood. He's just the guy in the neighborhood that's oh. like, everyone knows him as the kind of... <laughs> yeah. Like, just kind of a bit scared of him. Like, he's a bit weird he's kind a bit of crazy. Yeah. Okay. I think Marty goes and helps him with stuff sometimes. Okay. Know, like a research <laughs> assistant or whatever. Okay. Make an extra quid on I the think side. He's like known as like this lunatic, and that's how Marty first kind of <laughs> comes to know. And he's a bit crazy. And then when know. he calls him, he goes running. He actually in the middle of the night. He comes to him, even though he's <laughs> the, the neighborhood lunatic. All right, no, here, here's the actual law. Are you ready? Marty McFly first hears of Emmett Doc Brown when he was around 14 after hearing that Brown was a dangerous lunatic. <laughs> Marty wanted to go and see what it was all about for himself. He snuck into Doc's lab and was fascinated by all of his inventions. When Doc caught him, he was glad to have someone interested in his work and their friendship began. There you go. Ah, uh, interesting. Okay. So he, he so Marty shows up at the mall and Doc's waiting there next to the DeLorean. 
which with much ceremony he, he reveals to Marty that he has modified it to become a time machine of sorts using this special component called a flux capacitor which he first came up with when he fell over and hit his head on the toilet or the sink in on November 5th, 1955. 1955. And the idea of a flux capacitor came to him. And then he spent the last 30 years working on it, building it up, and he now has this DeLorean, which acts as a time machine. And the flux capacitor is like the hyperdrive, but like it's like the key element that yeah. makes it able to do. Okay. The flux capacitor itself needs 1.21 gigawatts of electricity to get it up to like gigawatts. time trim. Or does he say gigawatts? I think he, I says, think he, says, gigawatts. he says gigawatts. It's like a thing. 1.21 gigawatts is like a quote, I think. To get him up to, to time travel speed, at which he's, for which he's using plutonium to power the core. And we find out that he has basically swindled some Libyan terrorists <laughs> to get this plutonium. He lied to them. This, saying, feel, this film feels so like weird right now. <laughs> like it feels so like... <laughs> <laughs> just like crazy it's all over the place i watched the back to the future musical recently which is actually transferring to broadway and staying on the west end and they change the plot so it's not libyan terrorists anymore but Doesn't it's like me. it's to do with like plutonium poisoning or something the way it? the libyan terrorists are portrayed in this movie it was is, a... is just crazy outdated like it would have if it was on disney plus it would have a warning before like we know this is just terribly racist wow the libyan so he swindled these libyan terrorists out of their plutonium he, I think he promised to build them a bomb and were using it, but he gave them like a fake bomb made out of pinball machine parts or something and kept the plutonium for, his, for himself. How is this people's favourite films? <laughs> sorry, carry on, carry on, sorry. He demonstrates the time travel by sending his dog, Einstein, one minute into the future. Okay. And the dog's like... Pow! And then it reappears later in one minute. Does it have a watch on or something? That's how they tell. I think so, yeah. And the watch is still the same time as when it was sent into the future. So it knows that it, it just went straight there. It okay. didn't spend the 60 seconds traveling there. And so they're, they're super excited. I can't remember this bit super well, but for some reason, the date to which the time machine is traveling to gets set to November 5th, 1955, which is the day that Doc came up with the idea for the flux capacitor. I don't know why he said it to that, but it is said to that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Go do, do you know what it is? Today, when you watch a movie, it's always why. How, oh, what, why is That's this? How did yeah. they do it? But why is it? Like, it needs to, everything yeah. needs to make sense. But back then, it's just, a bit, it's just fun. It's just right? like, it doesn't have to make sense, which wow. is something you need to keep in mind when watching this movie. It's not, it just, it doesn't take itself too seriously. If you watch it with the modern lens, you won't enjoy it as much. Which is why I don't really like it. <laughs> okay. It's good we've got you explaining it. <laughs> we should have brought my my dad on. This is, this is his favorite film. Really? Like wow. in our living room, we've got like posters of everyone in the house's favorite film or like one of them. Oh, that's, that's a great idea. And his one is Back to the Future. What's yours? Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, interesting. Okay. One of my favorite. Anyway, carry on. So, so they're about, he's about to demonstrate traveling, time traveling. But then, dun, 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 the Libyan terrorists show up out of the bushes. Oh going God. like screaming oh and shooting goodness. like AK-47s all over the place. Really? Doc gets shot. Dies. Huh? <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> Marty McFly jumps into the DeLorean, starts driving away to escape the terrorists. They're driving after him, like, screaming and shouting throughout the neighborhood. 
And the way the, the DeLorean works is that to travel in time, you have to hit 88 miles per hour. And remember, it's set to November 5th, 1955. Marty's driving away from these Libyan terrorists. Faster and faster and faster and faster. He hits. He hits 88 miles per hour. What a surprise. And then, boom, he disappears. The wheels got on fire. He gets, leaves like a trail of fire behind him. The Libyan terrorists are like confused and Marty's just gone. This film is getting weirder this and weirder by the minute. This is where it picks You just wait and see what happens when he starts interacting with like his parents and stuff like that. <laughs> All right, so he goes back in time, like, what, 30 years? 30 years. I don't know. Yeah, roughly 30 years. Oh, it's 1985 to 1955, so it's exactly 30 years. Yeah, well, to date, like, it might be June or whatever. Well, I don't know. Okay. But it's pretty much 30 years. <laughs> and um, it might be June. <laughs> So he he zaps into the into the into the past. He's like rumbling through because obviously everything's different because it's thirty years. Oh, of the course. landscape's changed. Crashes into a pine tree. Okay. Knocks it over. Crashes into a barn. Is there a significance of it being pine? Or I guess we'll find out. Won't we? Oh, I like that response. <laughs> Carry on with the story. Crashes it's into a... a barn and like I don't know if he's in a spacesuit or he's covered in hay or something. But the farmer comes out and he's like stumbling out of the DeLorean, looking crazy. The farmer thinks there's an alien invasion. Starts shooting at him with his shotgun. <laughs> I don't really remember that bit very well, but he manages to escape. He hides the DeLorean behind like a sign, covers it up, and then just starts wandering through the town like, what am I going to do? I don't have any more plutonium. I can't travel back into, into the future. Back to the future. Oh, yeah. So he's wandering around. And then he sees a guy climbing up a tree. And then he looks a bit closer and he realizes that this guy is his dad, George McFly. And George McFly is looking through some binoculars. And when he looks at where he's looking, he realizes he's looking into the bedroom window of a girl who he recognizes as his mother. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh my, <laughs> what is going on here? He's a peeping Tom. So George, McFly, so Marty McFly is watching on? his young dad peeping on his young mother as she's getting changed. You, you can't really call the police either because then you don't become... Because <laughs> it's your dad. Yeah, it's all just a bit weird. That's, this is weird now, man. <laughs> what is going on here? When you really think... It's true. When you don't know anything about it and when you actually explain the plot without watching the movie, it is weird. What is going <laughs> it's on It's very here? weird. It's very weird. Honestly, I'm like, what is going on here? It gets a bit weirder here now. Go on. I... It, George, pull up your socks. Get ready for this. George falls out of the tree okay. into the path of an oncoming car. Marty's like, that's my dad. I can't let him die. So he dives in front of him, pushes him out of the way and in turn gets hit by the car and gets knocked unconscious. Fast forward to when he wakes up. He's in this weird bedroom. It's like pink and it's like there's this woman hovering over him. Turns out it's his mother <laughs> who's like found him unconscious outside, brought him inside okay. and is like nursing his wounds and stuff. Okay, that's... That's nice of her. And she's she's calling him Calvin because... <laughs> I actually really like this. This she's, is funny. She's looked at his underwear and he's wearing Calvin Klein's. Yeah. But she thinks the the Calvin Klein logo is like a name tag. It's like sewed onto his underwear. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> because they don't really have brands yeah. in the 50s like that. Did like, they not? I don't, I, I don't think... Well, Calvin Klein was oh, really. Oh, 
that makes so she thinks so his name funny. is Calvin that's Klein. quite funny yeah. so she's calling him Calvin that's quite funny and they like have a bit of an exchange and we find out that she has nothing weird though. Like, it's just a very upfront exchange well she's she's basically fallen in love with him she's upfront about something that's for sure really and oh. then I don't remember, Tyler. Do you remember if they kiss in this? No, 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 no. I don't think they do. I think she tries, and he's like, "Whoa!" Because it's like, "You're my mum." Like, <laughs> slow down there, but buddy. But he obviously can't say, "You're my mum." That's weird, right? Yeah. So, slow he's down. He's kind of just like, "I'm from out of town." Like, <laughs> they call me Marty. I'm not Calvin. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, Marty, there's something about you." And then he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> pump the brakes there." Yeah, this is so weird. So yeah, he's he's terrified of his mother's advances. So he manages to extract himself. I don't know. Does he jump out the window? Or I think he gets out of there. <laughs> but he's he's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I need to get home. I need to find Doc because Doc's still around in this time. So he looks him up in the phone book, finds where he lives. The phone book. Has he seen the picture yet, or is that later? Uh, I think I don't know if he's no no. I think that's later. Uh, maybe. But the point where he saved his dad from getting run over by the car is quite a turning point in history because i mean i don't think we know but i think george originally got run over by the car because he wasn't saved by marty and so L lorraine came and saved george and then brought her, him up to her room and uh, but now it's marty so lorraine has a crush on marty as opposed to george his dad okay so now there's a there's a worry which is why tyler's talking about photograph that Lorraine never falls in love with George. Marcy realizes this because he has a photo of him and his siblings and the photo is slowly starting to fade away because he's he, they they never like get together and so they never why have kids. Why is it kids. slowly fading away? This is another thing I don't like. Like why is it slowly? I don't know. I can't answer that question. Cuz he needs to save the day, guys. Yeah. It should be immediate. <laughs> But then if it happens, but no then one it, was there exactly. to do it. And if it doesn't happen, then it shouldn't be fading in the first place. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> but anyway. Let's just end the podcast there. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So he finds out where Doc Brown lives. He goes and finds him. And then Doc doesn't really believe his story about him being from the future. But he shows Doc a picture on the back of the flyer. Do you remember the flyer so we came out earlier? About the clock tower being struck by yes, lightning. Yes, and it's being fixed. It's not being fixed, but that's sideways. That's not really relevant to the story. Anyway, Doc has drawn the flux capacitor on the back of the thing to kind of demonstrate it to, Arty, to Marty. So he shows him that. Uh, and then he tells him about how he knows how he got the scar on his head when he fell over and hit his head on the toilet. So he's like, oh, how did you know this? He just convinces him and makes him believe that he's from the future, basically. And then Doc's like... If you if you keep messing with these things, it's gonna really cause like paradoxes and everything. So we need to get you back there as quickly as we can. So I'll help you, kind of thing. Okay, but they have no plutonium, so they can't get back. Libyans, but... where are they? <laughs> so they set sail for Libya. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised by the way everything's been going. But yeah, <laughs> but this is what this is why the lightning bolt's important. So Doc kind of figures out that they need 1.21 gigawatts of electricity to get thing, which can only be generated by a lightning strike. Conveniently, they know exactly when and where a lightning is going to get struck because okay. the clock tower was struck by lightning okay. on November 12th at 10.04pm or something, 1955. 
So they're conveniently very close to knowing exactly where the thing is happening in the exact time period that is going to happen. And for those of you that know Jordan, he is speaking with, what do you call that, sarcasm? I don't know. I guess it's sarcasm. Utter disdain. Yeah. I can't describe it in any other way. But just, he, he has things to fix before because he needs to make sure his parents get together otherwise the picture will fade and oh, he will he's cease to exist. The whole thing, so yeah. he has to fix that and get them together before he goes back. And so now there's a time limit and something to do. So the stakes have just just got start just got really high. So oh, this yeah. is them trying to triffle and make everyone quake oh in their gosh, in their seats. Yeah. So they they figure out that they make a plan for what they need to do on that day. The car where the car needs to be, they need to connect up the wires, they need to be in the right place at the right time to make sure it's happening. In the meantime, I think I might. I think this is when they figure out about the photograph and the whole. Their parents are no longer in love, kind of thing, and it starts to fade. And they're like, "We need to fix their relationship," as Tyler just said. Lorraine asks Marty to the to the upcoming school dance called Under the Sea or something. Um, it's like an Under the Sea theme kind of party. You know them ones. What? Why do I know those ones? Oh, I thought you liked Under the Sea. Kind of, you know. What are you talking about? What, like Little Mermaid. Sebastian. Yeah. Wasn't that your favorite Under thing? the sea. <laughs> oh, there he <laughs> goes. Uh, I've never watched Little Mermaid. Really? Never. You see the new one with Halle, Halle Bailey? I probably should, though. <laughs> anyway, they, uh, Marty and George come up with a plan to get Lorraine to fall in love with George. Basically, Marty is going to take her to the dance and then start to make unwelcome advances on her in the car to make her feel really uncomfortable. And then this is odd, man. And then George is going to come How is this what's coming to your mind <laughs> as a way to make two people fall in love? Oh, my God. George is going to come around the corner, pull Marty out of the car, like, Rough him basically up save Lorraine. Okay. Lorraine's going to be like, oh, my God, you're my hero. Blah, blah, blah. They fall in love. Why do you need a... <laughs> that, uh, it's like making it seem like every girl's like needs a, is a damsel yeah. in distress. There and we needs are. Help. Another but, flaw. Another flaw. Anyway, carry on. Inconveniently, the dance is on the day, on the 12th of November, the same day as the lightning strike. So this is very tight now. Oh, we got to be here in the same It's very time. tight now. So How get... are we going to do it? And isn't there a stage before as well where Biff is there and he's like bullying George and stuff and then Marty's kind of like does him in and he's like kind of skates away or something like that. I don't remember that. Do you know that bit? I don't remember that. Yeah. He basically like foils Biff's plans to like (laughs) like um, humiliate George basically and then in the hopes that that makes George look cool but it just makes Lorraine like him more. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, so that was like one of the first plans and then that didn't work. I think think that was a bit Maybe, yeah. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, carry on. It gets to the night of the dance. Yeah. Marty and Lorraine are in the car, about to go in, and Marty starts to enact his plan to, like, make unwelcome advances on her. It's not really going well because they're not unwelcome. Oh. And it turns out Marty's actually the one who's actually kind of uncomfortable with the situation. (laughs) (laughs) Things happen. Well, nothing happens. Nothing happens. (laughs) But the door opens and Marty's like, okay, good. George is finally here. But it's not George. It's Biff, Biff Tannen, who also, turns out he also has a crush on Lorraine. Lorraine. Everyone, so, Lorraine's that it girl, man. Everyone, everyone likes Lorraine. Everyone loves Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> just so left field. Like. <laughs> just came out of nowhere. Everyone loves Lorraine. So Biff pulls Marty out of the car, 
Biff's mates rough Muff Marty up a little bit. Oh, no. Where's Doc? Where's Doc? Doc's still off. He's preparing the car oh, for when the thing comes. We need help. And they end up locking Marty in the boot of the car of the band that are playing at the dance. So mm -hmm. he's locked in the boot. Biff gets in the car with Lorraine. And now the advances are really unwelcome. Like, uh, Lorraine doesn't fancy Biff at all. This is perfect now. Okay. George finally works up the courage to come and do his part of the plan. Opens the car door. Have they, like, prepped George? Of what he's gonna do, I think they had a plan where George was gonna come and like, and George was aware of stuff. I think so. Yeah. yeah, he comes, opens the car door, expecting it to be Marty. Biff gets out, and he's like, "Oh my god, this is his bully. This is unexpected." <laughs> Biff starts to like twist his arm, make fun of him and stuff. Yeah, and then something just snaps inside George, and he's like, "I've had enough of this." Winds up, smacks Biff in the face, knocks love him it. out in the car. We don't convert violence, but we do love it as well at the same time <laughs> in the car park. Lorraine's like, oh my god, my hero. My hero. They go into the dance together. The end. <laughs> no, it's not the end. Marty reappears in the picture and then it just ends. <laughs> With him that's just the end, like that's smiling the ending shot. He's just like waving. The picture, at the, stops, the picture starts moving and he's waving. <laughs> and he's just in the boot. In real life, he's in the boot. There's like a little circle appears on the bottom of the screen and it's just oh him in the boot gosh. waving. Oh my gosh. But and then <laughs> the circle goes in on itself and then it says the end or <laughs> Finn or something like that. Finn. F-I-N dot. F-I-N dot. But no, that's not the end. What happens next is the band comes outside. I don't know why they come outside. I think they're taking a break or something. I think they're having a smoke break or something like that. And they hear Marty like banging on the boot. Like, I'm stuck in here. Help me. It's in the guitarist's car. So hey, That band are the smoothest guys, man. Marvin Berry and the Starlighters. Look him up on Spotify. Earth Angel. Banger. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the music in this is actually very good. I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised that it won Oscars for like sound and music because it was, that's probably the best but, part for of the screen, For, for that, screenwriting. What was it the other one? Original screenplay or something. <laughs> and so the guitarist comes over and like opens the boot to let him out. But in the process, hurts his hand. So he can't play anymore. So what's going to happen now? King Guitar himself. <laughs> the band are like, oh, we can't go in. And Marty's like, this is terrible. They need, We need the dance because my parents need to fall in love. Of course. So he's like, I can play the guitar. Go, he goes in there and he shreds, man. <laughs> he goes, he, he plays. But <laughs> throughout the time, he's like fading away because his parents, nothing, it's not really getting, it's not uh, really does he, Is he like, like glitching and stuff? Yeah, he's like fading away, like he has falls to the floor. Oh. And then something happens on the floor. I can't remember exactly what, but something sparks their romance. They kiss and George and Lorraine, this is, on the dance floor. Mm. And Marty's suddenly all better. Like we look at the photo, he's back to normal. Like he's not fading what? anymore. <laughs> Everything's good. Marty's up. It's not, it's not making sense, but go on. Yeah, I get it. I, <laughs> it's I, nice though. It's I like... understand the mindset behind the creators, <laughs> but it doesn't really make sense. But yeah, it's a modern modern viewer, isn't it? And then Marvin Berry's like, "Do you want to do something to Marty?" Then Marty comes up. This is my favorite scene of the movie. Absolutely, it's amazing. He plays Johnny B. Good and just starts going crazy, like kicking over, like beakers and like symbols and everything he's like doing proper 80s like shredding guitar shredding the guitar like, it's like very out of the time kind okay. of thing deliberately the people yeah, on, yeah, the, yeah. on the floor are a bit like what's going on like they're watching him with awe he's and, like, like ahead of his time kind of thing but they're into it they like it they kind of like it yeah and at, at the end he says i guess you guys aren't really into that ready for that yet but uh, your kids are gonna love it i don't know if you've heard johnny be good so good man 
And then it's while, Chuck Berry, Chuck Berry. While he's Chuck Berry, George, come on. <laughs> while he's playing Johnny B. Good, Marvin Berry, the lead singer of the band, goes on the phone and is like, Chuck, Chuck, I know you've been looking for a new sound. I think I found it. And it's like a, an obscure kind of reference to where the inspiration for Johnny B. Good by Chuck Berry comes from. But uh, it's, it's one of those classic paradox things where it's like, if he never went back, how could the, the song be how created? Did, yeah. How did he get kind of, the inspiration yeah. for it? Yeah. So this is a classic paradox thing. Like, and again, who yeah. went back? Who did it first kind of thing? Yeah. It's a, it creates its own cycle, which yeah. needs a creator. Yeah. He didn't do it. He did it because he heard it from Chuck Berry, but Chuck Berry did only it because he, he heard it from him. And, and then like, he only heard it because of, yeah. It just doesn't mean it makes sense. Who did it first? It must be Chuck because Marty. These guys were half asleep when they were creating the storyline. <laughs> Honestly, man. <laughs> this is what it sounded like. People love this movie and I do get it. I do get it. But yeah, from a modern perspective, it doesn't make sense. Anyway, that's, that's is great. You know, his parents are in love and he's, he's achieved his goal. So he needs to run off back to the, uh, the clock tower to, to get back in just in time for the lightning strike to strike and him to get in the DeLorean and all that. Before he gets in the car, he writes a note to Doc basically saying, look, in 1985, you get shot by Libyans. Like, I don't want that to happen to you. Make sure you're prepared, all of that. Sits it in an envelope, seals it and writes, don't open until 1985. <laughs> Gives it to Doc. Doc's like, you can't be messing with the timeline like this. I can't know my future, all this, and rips it up in front of him. He's like, for God's sake, like, you really need to read that. But time's running out, so they, he needs to get in the car. And then because it's a storm, the lightning's coming, branches fall on the wires, and the wires get disconnected, and Doc has to climb up the clock tower and is, like, plugging things in. It's like an like, action scene. It's like the climax of the movie. Race against time. And, of course, he hits 88 miles per hour just as the lightning strikes, and bang, he's out, back into time. But he set the DeLorean to go back 10 minutes before he went into the future. So he has time to go and rescue Doc. Of course. He's not at the mall, so he needs to get to the mall. But the DeLorean breaks down on the way. So he gets out, starts running to what is now known as the Lone Pine Mall. Because remember, he knocked over a pine tree when he came. And it used to be the Twin Pines. But because he knocked over a pine tree, it is now the Lone Pine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Crazy. That's why the pine tree was important. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but because he's, he's, the DeLorean breaks down, he's running, he doesn't get there in time. The Libyans shoot Doc. He's dead. Marty shoots off into the future. And the now, the now Marty, who we've been with throughout the story, goes over to the dead Doc, drops to his knees. And it's like, it's a really sad moment where he's like, this is my friend, he's dead. But lo and behold... Doc didn't actually rip up the note. Of course. Well, he did. He, he patched it back up. Read that the Libyans were going to shot him. Lifts up his shirt or opens his jacket or something. And he's, he's, wearing a, he's wearing a bulletproof vest. Oh. Kevlar. <laughs> <laughs> Americans love Kevlar. <laughs> Which has saved him from the AK-47. Everything's great. Doc takes Marty home. But everything's different. Because of what happened in the past, now... Marty's family is like top of the food chain. The That's mom, what I thought was going to happen. That's mom, what I was waiting for. The mum who used to be an alcoholic is now super fit and athletic. The of dad course. who was always timid and meek is now like a best-selling author. Because he's no longer working. He showed his buddy and that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And Biff. Biff is now, he basically works for the family, I think. Like fits oh, in their car and things. Like washing their car. Of course. Like, super subservient to the family. The, the siblings are super successful as academically. If, as if people who do that job are subservient or they're less than. But yeah, I, I get the sentiment. <laughs> 
and then everything's great but marty finds out to his great Horror. enjoyment oh happiness <laughs> sorry <laughs> he's still in a relationship with jennifer who he loves very much good thing it's not lorraine <laughs> can you imagine he comes back into the house and lorraine's like hello darling <laughs> oh my oh my god no he's still with jennifer and then they go into marty's truck to go on a bride or something and then boom out of nowhere doc pops out of the future <laughs> and is like we need to go to 2015 to save your kids. And he shows them a newspaper where their kids are in trouble or something. And that's the end of the film. And oh, no. basically the DeLorean turns into a hover car because it's been to the future. Uh, it's 2015, by the way. And it's got... <laughs> and it's got <laughs> it can fly. It's 2015. Yeah. Oh, my he went, he went to 2015 and converted it to a hover car because they don't use roads anymore in 2015. Everyone flies everywhere. <laughs> and Mark, no, it's like it's an iconic line as well, isn't it? Like, yeah, I can't remember what it end. is. It's like... Uh, oh, there's not enough road to get up to 88 or something like that. And then, like, this is like the last line of the yeah. movie. And then he changes it to a hover car. He's like, where well, we're going, they don't need roads. And uh, then, uh, off well, I want to be in that 2015 run because <laughs> we're like nearly 10 years past that. <laughs> Where's my hover car? I, I need it. <laughs> and then that's the end. Roll credits. And, then, and that's like, I'm assuming for like a. Like it's, like an Easter, it's like an Easter egg laying the foundation for the next one, which it's is like, not actually about that. Oh, nice. <laughs> I haven't seen Back to the Future 2 and 3, but I've actually heard they're like loved just as much as one. People like them just as much. And I think just... I've watched a bit of 2. Liked it even less than number 1. Well, yeah, because you're watching it as a... <laughs> yeah. I would love to know why this has an 8.5 on IMDb <laughs> because that storyline you just described to me, not 8.5. I was it was relatively high level. I didn't go into all the details and like naturally yeah. you fall in love with the characters and like you laugh and you you want to cry when exactly the the quite complex and convoluted plot is it, it makes it a much more acceptable and easy watch because the characters are so likable. I, I think and you you care about what the characters are doing. Who are your favorite characters from Back to the Future? My favorite character personally is Doc Brown because he seems to be the only person who cares about the timeline. <laughs> of course, <laughs> he's protecting the canon. He's like he's like Spider Man twenty ninety nine, like <laughs> to some limited extent, but at least he's trying. Do you he's know what I mean? trying his best. The fabric of the multiverse rests in his hands. It's his fault. Nobody that else. Nobody else cares. <laughs> Marty only cares because he would cease to exist if oh, he didn't. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and it's all messed up. Man. What, what about you, Tyler? Uh, I it's it's very Who's your favorite. It's very popular, but I really like Marty. Honestly, <laughs> like I think he's got like a lot of likable. He's got good charisma. He cares about the right things, and he's mm. when he goes back to the fifties and everyone, he's just like that that guy. He's that as cool well. He's quite cool. Yeah. So and Michael J. Fox does a really good job as well. It's weird. I've kind of like cussed out the film as we've been talking, but I kind of want to watch it now. That you, like I want to kind of really have my own opinion of it. Yeah. Like, but this has been it's like been like a nice kind of. I don't really mind about spoilers and stuff, so it's been a nice kind of teaser. I don't think it's very long either. Like it's it's an hour. Yeah, it's, hour it's less than like two hours. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a nice fun watch, and it's definitely worth watching. It's one of those classics you have to. Watch. You just have to. Don't. Do you know what my favorite bit about this movie is? Go on. It's the scene where he sings Johnny Be Good on stage. 
It's so good. Do you remember that one, Tyler? Yeah, 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 yeah. The it's just like the music, the dancing, and the way everyone kind of reacts to him on stage. And Marvin Berry gets so excited, he goes and calls Chuck Berry, and there's this cool little Easter egg. Like if you know who Chuck is, because he doesn't say Chuck Berry, he just says Chuck. I think it's really cool as well that the crowd kind of they're into it at the start, but then when he starts going a bit over the top, they're a bit like, oh wow. And then he's like, oh, you guys aren't ready for that yet, but your kids are gonna love it. I like that line a lot, actually. I know it's a bit like cringe or whatever, but I think it's cool. It's iconic. Yeah. It's funny though when you with you guys like describing that scene. Maybe I just need to watch it because I'm a bit like it just sounds a bit corny. But I think maybe watching it, it won't feel as corny as it sounds. I think when you're into the plot, it's less yeah, like, yeah. and it's like you're rooting for Marty as well, and you know he's like a good guitarist, and you actually see him flexing his skills and all that. Kind that of makes thing. sense. Yeah. Uh, and it shows that he shouldn't have probably been cut from like yeah. earlier on. He is actually film. good at what he does. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Did he not get cut earlier because just because the principal hates his family or something? Potentially, and he just said they were too loud. I don't, is that a real criticism? Waffler, man. The pinheads yeah. are cold. Absolutely. <laughs> Fresh. <laughs> oh, you should go back to the fifties saying they're fresh. Is that even from the fifties? The eighties. Oh, yeah. It's one of those films where it's, yeah, dad loves it. Like it's one of those, yeah, I know I need to watch it. Give it a watch. It's but a classic. I think, I think sure. talking about it, I'm like, okay, I actually think I will watch it now. It's a good time. It's a good time. It's not that long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely recommend it to if, if you don't try and judge it too hard and don't take it too seriously it's a good movie it's funny and it's it's entertaining it does what it says on the tin exactly it doesn't claim to be a a canon story exactly apparently the the script for this movie was rejected 44 times before it got greenlit doesn't surprise me which is (laughs) doesn't surprise me I Jordan, thought you were going to say it does surprise you. Because... Jordan was one of those 23. He, he made up like at least half of the nose. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it does surprise you because of what ended up being Greenlit. Oh, they 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 had they changed the script. Yeah, 44 oh, times. Before it wasn't it. like they went to 44 different production companies. With the same script. With the same script. Maybe, actually. I saw that as like... I saw oh, it as like a J.K. Rowling Harry uh, Potter thing. I saw it more as they go back to the drawing board and re- they, do rewrites. Uh, but they prob- it's probably a combination of both, probably a combination, actually. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it, it got, Jordan's like, they need to change it a bit more. <laughs> it got nominated for an Oscar for Best... Did it win anything? Screenplay. You said it won stuff, didn't it? It won Best Sound Effect. Like the DeLorean. To be thing. honest, though, like, I'm talking about this, and I know we're talking about this from, like, having watched films which have come out like over 30 years after is it 30 like 1985 yeah yeah nearly 40 nearly Nearly 40 40 years after where everything has just increased in value and quality and everything so when you watched it at the time there probably was not quite anything like it where there was time travel and things like I that. I think it was the, the it was really the first like fully Hollywood commercially accessible and successful movie that did deal with time travel in that way. So So as I hear it, it's one of those ones where it's like, oh, it sounds a bit oh it laid the foundations. Yeah. And it, and you respect films that do lay the foundation. You are if we're you're one to re- hold respect <laughs> for films that have come first. I am, yeah. And there's a reason that there's three movies and there's video games and there's merchandise and there's is there video games. I think there is a video game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Probably not. There's a video game of everything. But yeah, no, it's 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 it did you very know, well. Marty, you got to run away from the Libyans or something. <laughs> It's like it's like mission, subway surfers. Mission one. <laughs> oh, it's just like a it's just like subway surfers. You just rerun so it again. 
You'll skateboarding away from the Libyans or something. And you're on like a hoverboard. Yeah, you, like definitely have a, you definitely have a skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> hoverboard from the future. And you can like upgrade it. And like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> you can like get different jackets for Marty and different shoes and stuff. Because his, his jacket is like red, isn't it? Yeah, it's so like gilet. Can, so maybe you can get like a blue version, a green version. Like, <laughs> as you go up the limit. upgrades. <laughs> And you can do Marty with like long hair, short hair, <laughs> like a ponytail. 100% customise him. <laughs> My last question. How does the musical compare, Tyler? I watched the Back to the Future musical before I'd seen the movie. And then when I got home from the musical, I watched the movie for the first time ever. It is very, very, very similar. Like even to the like the writing the, oh, the, wow. line, the lines are very similar and I think because it's such a classic they didn't want to des desecrate it, it too much yeah. and, and there are songs that are like but they're like summarising like this is a a key theme of the movie so let's make it into a song or this is a like when he goes back into 1955 there's like a song about oh we're in 1955 and these are all the things that we do in 1955 yeah. and he's like this is crazy like oh what? and it really works well actually I'd, yeah I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone that's like Mrs. Doubtfire when I watched the musical Mrs. Doubtfire I came back and watched the film and it's like almost not word for word but it's very yeah. very similar kind of thing a lot of the script is very similar yeah yeah do it justice you'd say yeah it's cool and you can tell they've just thrown a ton of money at it. it has a really high production value like mild spoilers if anyone goes to see the thing if you care about that kind of thing but at the end the DeLorean like flies over the crowd and stuff like that it's really cool That's like cool. the effects are cool and like the... and it's going to Broadway so it's clearly done well enough quality stuff man but nah, this has been good though. Yeah, that was... Uh, that I had was a really the... good time this episode. Yeah. So, Thank you for hosting. Thank you. No you problem. did a great job. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> Thank you. Story it'll time with Jordan. It'll be interesting if people actually like this episode because it's very different to what we usually do. Yeah. But I think it was good. I had a great time. So I think we should I. do it more. Like yeah. with more classics. Jordan watches them and then tells us yeah. them. <laughs> or we like take turns. Yeah. But Jordan's got a nice way of like telling the yeah. story. Yeah, 100% there's a certain quality to <laughs> yeah, him. Which yeah, is he has a nice way of telling well, the story. Guys, I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. He can do all the work of watching. <laughs> yeah, Jordan's the best. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what it's about. Right, okay. <laughs> Flattery. No, no, no. It no. worked. But no, it was good. It was good.